Eat, drink, smoke, or we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, and whole episode is strange because of travel. Because I was in New York, I was doing a whole bunch of stuff with Fox, and I'm actually about to head out to Washington, D.C. for the radio shows. I'm broadcasting from the White House, uh, which is very cool when you get that opportunity. So because of how all the flights and timing and everything else came to be, we didn't get to do the the show that we normally would do. But if I mean, you got to wait till you hear Fingers Malloy discuss Vegas in only Fingers Malloy style. Like he's got a he has a system for Vegas and like how he gets freebies and then how he gambles. And he he gambles like 16, 18 hours a day. Or, or more. It's and it, you, you got to hear it. It's fantastic. Clearly, I do not do Vegas properly. Is is what I've is what I've learned. There's also a conversation about who not to sit next to in Vegas. Great, great story. Just wait for that. Uh, Eat, drink, smoke. Of course, presented by Fanimation.com and BackboneBourbon.com. But in when we were doing the podcast last week, we were previewing. For, for lack of a better word, the impeachment hearings. And, and only to the extent that uh, I'm not expecting anything new. Well, now we've had three of them or two of them, right? One of them was with Ambassador Bill Taylor and a guy by the name of George Kent who works in the State Department. And the other one is with this former ambassador, Marie Ivanovich. And still in the same place, learn nothing new. And there's no way that America has changed their mind uh, on, on any of it. If they were unhappy with a phone call, if they didn't like something the president said, that's that's completely fine. But I wanted to get – there was a, a fight, for lack of a better word, that I had on, on Fox, on, on Charles Payne's show, uh, about this subject. And I wanted to dig in a little bit on Marie Ivanovich's testimony because the sexism at play was through the roof, and no one's talking about it, I think, in the right way. I'm on – I'm on the show with Charles Payne, and and there's the woman I'm I'm speaking to whose name I actually forget. She's a Democratic strategist in 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 Washington D.C. She was by satellite. I forget her name. I feel bad. I apologize. And she was discussing the fact that the president uh, violated foreign policy or or um, abused foreign policy, usurped foreign policy. And it gets back to me, and I'm like, I'm sorry, we're, we're not going to have this conversation. The president of the United States sets foreign policy. He cannot usurp it. He cannot uh, abuse it. Foreign policy doesn't exist in its own right, right? And so everybody who's talking about it talks about, well, you know, the foreign policy of the United States. None of these State Department of people, none of these ambassadors decide foreign policy. Their job is to execute the foreign policy as set out by the president who we elect. So it doesn't matter whether you whether you like Trump or not. It's whether you favor impeachment or not. Parts don't matter. What matters is that this is the system. And these people keep talking about how foreign policy is like this, this living, breathing entity. It's this person. Right. It's 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 got this personage. You you can't go about violating it. The president sets foreign policy. And what she came back with me at was, no, no, no. Congress controls the purse strings. The argument of paying for policy is very different than the setting of policy. And I'm exhausted by the inability of people 
to honestly break this one down. Again, what, I'm not a fan of the phone call. I don't think the phone call is impeachable. The phone call between Trump and this and this this the the Ukrainian president. I'm not a fan of it because I think it's too Trumpy. As with everything with Trump is too Trumpy. Right? There's no there's just never any I don't know. His he doesn't have the smoothness that I think I could bring to something. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong and and I have no smoothness whatsoever. Uh but the phone call is not impeachable by any stretch. And this whole idea of of quid pro quo which is this for that, right? That's 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 the Latin. And they're aggressively moving to change that and they want it to be bribery, right? They they're changing it to bribery because they did polling the Democrats did, and they and they found that bribery tested better in battleground states than quid pro quo. I kid you not. Never forget impeachment is is political. It is not a legal process. Everything that we're seeing doesn't even matter. Right? If you're gonna do an impeachment inquiry, do it out in the open. They're still doing plenty of this behind closed doors, and they're testing to see who's going to say what, and and then can they then take that testimony and bring it to the fore? Because when testimony leaks, like there's this this lieutenant colonel who you'll you'll hear from. Uh, his name is Alexander Vinman. Well, his testimony is not as damning as was originally described. Then there's a guy by the name of Morrison who was Vinman's boss, who's like, yeah, I didn't trust his judgment. The the boss of the lieutenant colonel didn't trust the judgment of the lieutenant colonel, and yet Congress and and the, the Democratic Party is going to utilize that lieutenant colonel's testimony as proof of an impeachable offense. Right? It, of course it's political. That's We just got to make sure we, under, we understand that. But this idea about foreign policy that we keep hearing about time and time and time again, foreign policy is set by the president. It's not set by Congress. And it's not something that, oh, my gosh, he's abusing and he's usurping it. He's going against it. He sets it. It's worth remembering that he sets it. So that was that was it, for, for me on Fox. It got a little loud. I mean, I've gotten I've gotten hot with people before. Right. But I try I try not to because. I I hate screaming. Uh, it's why I don't have cable. It's why I don't have, I don't watch. I, I like being on. I enjoy conversation, if you haven't noticed. I also enjoy uh, a cigar, if you also haven't noticed. I, I don't enjoy yelling and screaming. I don't get it. I don't know what the point is. And it seems way too much cable news. I mean, that's that's all it is. And they're, and they're, prou- they're proud of it. Like when people, like, oh, I got the last word on you. I got the dig on you. What does that do for us, the the viewer? Right, I want to actually engage a conversation and enjoy it. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to be screamed at, and I don't think people want to be screamed at, and I don't want to be screaming at people. And so, punditry is not really my, my bag. Like I, you do it because it's good for the brand, and I do it because I've gotten to the point now where I get to have with them like one-on-one conversations, which is really cool. Like if, if I got to admit, when I when I would first do stuff and you'd be pitted against somebody. I, I don't want to do that stuff anymore, and I and I and I've told people I, I I'm not no thanks, <laughs> you know if if you just want me screaming at somebody I don't I don't want to do that, and I it's just not interesting to me. I don't need it that bad. <laughs> I I don't I'm cool, um, but if I'm able to do the one on one stuff and really dig in with people, and then that's that's great. Like that's like that's fun and 
and, and, and what I want to do. But we can't be yelling about things that are simply factual. We're not debating whether or not the president sets foreign policy. And shame on Republicans for not making that like totally clear, as clear as day. Stop talking about the president usurping foreign policy or usurping someone's authority. That's not how it works. That brings us to Marie Ivanovich. Because the argument has been, uh, what people are talking about is, the, the president intimidated her and the president uh, made her terrified. She is, he, admittedly, he tweeted during the, her testimony, which I would tell him not to do. Why make it more difficult? And not on yourself. You want to make it more difficult on yourself uh, if you're the president, knock yourself out. Stop making it difficult on people who are out there supporting you to support you. You know, you, 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 there's no such thing as blind loyalty. That's not it. And I, and I th- honestly think that, like, he thinks that's the way it is. I think President Trump thinks that's the way it is. It's supposed to be blind loyalty. It doesn't work. It's not real. It's not real. You can find sometimes people who are like that, very, very select, but you got millions of people who want to support you in America. Don't make their lives difficult. Make their lives easy by giving them things to support on policy and not being the person who's sending out tweets during somebody's testimony. But I didn't think it was intimidation. I didn't think it was intimidation. Adam Schiff with his giant eyes is is asking, uh, and how, how does that make you feel? Marie Ivanovich has been in uh, foreign service for 33 years. Ambassador here, and she was in Somalia there. She did some other things, and she's got a... a a history and a career and everything else and maybe some things that she can be proud of. I, I'm, whether she's proud or not is is not up to me, right? She, she's got a career. She, in her opening statement, she said that she was once uh, in at an embassy where bullets were flying by. Save that because that's pretty important because Yovanovitch's part in the story is she was the ambassador to Ukraine. She got removed in May of 2019 before this phone call with the president of Ukraine ever happened, but she was unhappy with the president's policies and the president was saying things like she needs to watch her back and she was mentioned in the phone call as being a a bad person and so they're bringing her in, but they're not bringing her in because she has any information about this phone call. I think it was Representative Chris Stewart was like, so you didn't hear the call? So you don't know anything about the call? Did anybody ever mention, did anything that ever happened that made you think it was bribery? No? Okay. Like, he should have called to have the whole thing adjourned right there and then. Because he asked the three questions that matter. You weren't on the phone call. You don't know anything about the phone call. And the president was never involved in bribery. She's like, uh, I don't know anything about the phone call. I wasn't near the phone call. No, uh, the president wasn't involved in, in bribery. Thank you. Can we go home now? Is it time for lunch? I could use a sandwich. Like, that's, that's what the congressman should have done. But that's what we that's like the main part of her her story. That's the part that should matter to us in anything having to do with the president and impeachment and acting in a way that are high crimes and misdemeanors. No, what they're asking her about is, and so when the president said this, how did it make you feel? When the president, when the president tweeted, um, uh, what were your feelings at the time? They had, earlier in the week, Ambassador Bill Taylor, man, and George Kent, man, and didn't ask either one of them about their feelings. Why are they asking this woman about her feelings? And why aren't women just unbelievably pissed? 
The woman gets asked about her feelings. Isn't that supposed to be the thing that we don't do? Like that is so unwoke. Yet they did it. It was the, it was the whole purpose. I think at one point uh, the Democrats' lawyer, uh, whose name's Daniel Goldman, was like, "Now I, w- I want to bring this up. I'm not trying to upset you. What the hell?" This is a woman who testified in her opening statement that she's tough and that she's strong and she can handle all these people who are involved in corruption. And she was once at an embassy where bullets were whizzing by. Bullets are whizzing by, but a tweet is intimidating? Stop it. What are we doing? What are we listening to here? I got to tell you, when I, when I watched Bill Taylor and George Kent, and it's not that I agree with them or or, or, or I, I, I think them... These these lofty individuals. First things first. I never came. It never came across to me like they were bad dudes, or bad guys, or somehow duplicitous and, and lying. Although they, they could be, it never came across to me like that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, even the the the, the lawyer uh, Daniel Goldman for the Democrats, who's actually a former MSNBC guy, I didn't get the feeling that he wasn't doing anything uh, that he wasn't doing anything untoward. Right? He was asking the questions. Like, that first day ended, I was like, I, nothing changed for me. But I thought it was like, okay, these were actually, for, for something as ridiculous as what we're doing, this was very adult. Everybody was answering questions. Everybody was talking. You know, at, at, sure, sure, you can point to a couple things that were probably nonsense. But, like, it was it was normal. Everyone was kind of normal. Then they got to Friday with Maria Ivanovich, and the whole thing was a freaking clown show. Pure on ridiculous, insulting, nonsensical clown show. And I want to know why. And I want to know where the women's groups are to not be just infuriated that the female ambassador of 33 years got asked, and how does that make you feel? Why why are we asking her this question? Why aren't we asking her detailed policy questions or what she knew about President Trump? And did he do this or did that happen or did the Ukrainians do this or ask for that, et cetera? No, 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 that, that backburnered. It was uh, a representative, uh, Elise Stefanak, uh, who's out of New York, who's the only, I mean, she's the one who's like, so uh, by the way, can we clear this up? It was President Trump who offered lethal aid to Ukraine. The big story, you often hear about these javelins, right? So the javelins are these man-movable uh, missiles that are anti-tank missiles. They don't need to be you know, associated with any kind of, of hard uh, kind of placement. They, they, they don't go on, on trucks. You just move them from one place to another, throw it on your shoulder, bam, blow up a tank, move to the next place. That's the javelin. That's what it is. And we sell the javelins, these anti-tank missiles, to Ukraine. But Obama would never do it. Russia is taking Crimea. Russia now controls 7% of Ukrainian land, right? This, this battle is going on, and, and Obama wouldn't sell them anything, but Trump did. So Elise Stefanak, Representative Stefanak, is pointing this out, and, uh, and even the ambassador, Ambassador Yovanovitch, is like, yes, that's, that's, that's correct. Well, these are important things to know about who is actually being helpful to Ukraine because the argument is President Trump held up aid for an investigation. Well, it's not like President Trump wasn't helping Ukraine. President Trump was the guy who was willing to sell them the weapons they needed to defend themselves against the marauding Russians. Now, was it held up in exchange for an investigation? It doesn't look like it was held up in any level of quid pro quo, as they call it, uh, that was stated. 
But it seems pretty clear to me that Donald Trump wanted them to be involved in the investigation. And I don't think that's surprising to anybody. Foreign aid is quid pro quo. This for that. You do this and we'll give you that. You do this and we won't give you that. That's called sanctions. Aid is when when you do X, you get Y. And sanctions are when you do X, you don't get Y. Sanctions against Iran, sanctions against North Korea are built to get them to change their behavior. It is economic disincentive in order to get them to change how they act. If that isn't this for that, nothing is. And there's no one out there who will tell you that somehow sanctions are bad. All they want are sanctions on Russia. It's yelling and screaming 24-7, 365 for sanctions on Russia. So the, the, the very, very concept that quid pro quo is not allowed in foreign policy is trash garbage. Of course it is. Because it is what makes up negotiation. What do you think treaties are? Treaties, by the way, which are negotiated by the president and then sent to the Senate uh, for uh, for ratification. Just so we all understand how it works and the checks and balances and the rest. But I, I got to tell you how, how they handled Marie Ivanovich. Man, that women's groups and that the political left isn't up in arms. I'm stunned. I am stunned that they're not more proactive to this. Now, we've got a whole week. We've got, uh, there'll be Vindman, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. I, I think uh, you've got uh, Kurt Volker, who's the original guy who started this all, Gordon Sondland, Fiona Hill, a lot, a lot of names. Oh, and Tim Morrison, this guy, the 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 the, the guy who had no faith in Alexander Vindman. He's, uh, he's supposed to also testify. So it's going to be a week, right? The whole thing is going to, is going to go on. Again, I don't, I'm not going to forecast the, the week coming. I don't know. I have no clue what that's, what that's going to be. But what we saw, just, just wanted to give that basic breakdown. I got the Marie Ivanovich stuff is just mind scramble. And then uh, I was talking about Representative uh, Elise Stefanak, how they lied about her. Somebody doctored a photo of her showing like she's given somebody the finger and it never happened. They're so mad at her for asking good questions. Now this part is true all the time. For for in in the in the in the political sphere of things, for the people who are the, are the progressives, if you're a woman and you're a conservative, you're not really a woman. That it, 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 it's like when you know if you're black and conservative, you're not really black. They do that all the time. I wish they wouldn't. I wish they wouldn't. But it, the way that you look at the way Representative Stefanak is being treated. And you're like, that, w- that wouldn't happen if she was a Democrat. It just would not happen. People would be up in arms. And on the, and in the same breath, I say, and why they're not saying that about Yovanovitch is beyond me. But rather, they're painting her as this great American hero who really took it to President Trump. And that's not what happened. That's just not, I mean, honestly, that's not what happened. If we're going to be honest with each other. What happened is she didn't know anything. And then they asked her about her feelings. And that took like nine hours. That's it. That is all uh, that happened. Fanimation.com, BackboneBourbon.com. You want more of of the podcast? Stay right there. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, good to be with you. That's Fingers Malloy. Eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. I realized I said your name really fast. Fingers Malloy. That's that's his name. It's a family name from his mother's side. Uh, And... uh, 
And please, trademark, copyright, all rights reserved, Fingers Malloy Enterprise. Now, Thank you for bringing up my mother again, by the way. What? What? It's from your mother's side of the family. I didn't say anything else. I didn't bring up your mom, like tell a mom joke. You thought about it. No, I, I didn't. I, 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 no, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. All right. And why can't I tell a mom joke? Because she's dead. Dude. <laughs> it's so, honestly, the first time I ever, t- I like, I, like he said something, and I'm like, well, your mom. And he's like, my mom's dead. And, and so the first time you feel bad, now you're just, you're, it's just a crutch, man. It's just, a, that's what you're doing. She had a joke. She had a sick sense of humor. So if she's listening right now, wherever she is, she'd be giggling. Wherever she is, I looked up. I didn't look down. (laughs) I looked up. Let the record show. I looked up. So we fingers wants to live forever. Is is what he wants to do? I I, I am going to live forever, and uh, he is fame. Right here is where you start paying (laughs) and sweat. And so there's a story. That he found about people who tr- they, they'll try anything, they will try anything, do anything to try and be more youthful. And and we've seen, I mean, the, the, some people it's, it's simple as wanting to look youthful, so they'll Botox every day for the rest of their life. And some people they drink kale smoothies. And then uh, there's there's always something new. Then there was a whole there's I've heard stem cell conversations, everything else. The hypervalent, well, the chamber that Michael Jackson used to sleep right. in. What's that? Hyperbaric? Hyperbaric? Hyperbolic? No. Hyperbole? Whatever. So this was a startup that is in California, because of course it is, called Ambrosia. And Ambrosia is in the business of giving blood transfusions from young donors to people who are older to help them be younger. And really, it's, it's, it's plasma from young donors and patients really want the treatment according to the CEO. Patients are receiving plasma transfusions from donors ages 16 to 25. Already I've got serious questions. Not creepy at all. And one liter costs $8,000. All I do is drink bourbon and I feel great. People are paying $8,000 for, for plasma. But if you get two liters, it's it, you get a, a price break. It's twelve thousand dollars. Oh well, if I had only known, what if we go in on it? So it's only six thousand a piece, and we each get a liter. I mean, do, do we have to pay for the extra needle? How does that work? Uh, do they have a Groupon? I don't know. Um, I didn't. I always get that people are willing to try things. This is some futuristic. This this should really be an episode of Black Mirror. So it was an episode of The Simpsons. It was? Isn't everything an episode of The Simpsons? Everything is an episode of I The Simpsons. Uh, Mr. Burns was sick, and he got uh, a transfusion from Bart Simpson, and then all of a sudden he was running around skipping and feeling young. Hoy hoy. <laughs> so if I remember, listen, it's been a long time since I've seen that episode, but I think he wanted more of Bart's blood, if I remember right. So everything revolves around a Simpsons episode in real life. So they this- probably got the idea for The Simpsons. The, it was in uh, 2019, February of this year, when the then uh, FDA commissioner, Scott Gottlieb, who I was never a fan of, for the record, because he, was, he wasn't pro-cigar in, in, my, in my world, uh, he issued a statement warning against transfusion, saying, quote, there's no proven clinical benefit, unquote, of infusing plasma from young donors to mitigate, treat, or prevent aging, memory loss, or other conditions like Alzheimer's. 
Now, I'm on the Ambrosia website. We offer infusions from donors ages 16 to 25. This is an outpatient procedure. You must be at least 30 years old to receive the treatment. Our blood is obtained from licensed blood banks within the U.S. We don't actually work with donors. So it's not like people go to them and they're extracting the plasma. It's not like the story where you wake up in a bathtub of an ice and you're missing a kidney. Right. You know, um, this is... I thought you had to be 18 to donate blood to begin with. How are they getting 16-year-olds blood? I don't have an answer for that. Our treatment has been found to produce statistically significant improvements in biomarkers related to Alzheimer's disease, cancer, inflammation, and stem cells. You ever see the Andy Kaufman movie with Jim Carrey? At the end where he's looking for a cure for his own cancer and he realizes that he's been played by the shaman and they're lying about getting the things that... Yeah, they had these medicine men that would reach into your body and pull out the tissue. There was no surgery surgery needed. And what they would do is they would take, like, chicken guts or whatever, and they would put the hand right up against the body, and it would right. a sleight of hand. And they would pull, they have a little sponge of blood, and they would pull the tissue and make people believe that they were pulling the cancer right out of the body. Patients have reported sub- subjective improvements in athletics, memory, skin quality, sleep, however... And oh, I should note, all of them have felt lighter, mostly in their pocketbook. Right. Nobody believes this, do they? Yes. I mean, is, is, the, is, is there any science? Because what the FDA is saying is absolutely not. There's no science whatsoever to it. Not an ounce. We're alerting customers and health providers, uh, health care providers, that treatments using plasma from young donors have not gone through the rigorous testing. Now, the, the rigorous testing of the FDA, well, I don't know if I 100% need all the rigorous testing from the FDA. But... This is where we're at? I put some of my finest people together at the Fingers Malloy Institute of Institutes. And uh, we believe, with all of our scientific research, uh, which is on none, that uh, this is all psychological. If you're the type of person that just dropped $8,000 or $12,000 on a transfusion like that, you're going to talk yourself into thinking that you're feeling feeling better. better? Yes. This is weird. I don't now I, I really should say I don't care what people do, man. If it's all in the up and up in terms of where they're getting the blood, right. I don't care that somebody wants to try it. I'm fine with that. But there comes a moment where you're kidding yourself, isn't there? Could, could you there hang com- out could you hang out with someone that did that on a regular basis? Like if you found out a loved one or a really close friend I can't hang out with people who do oxygen bars. <laughs> so, have you ever done one of those before? No, have you? Oh yeah. Is it good? It doesn't do a damn thing. <laughs> it doesn't do a damn thing. I They have one at a terminal at the Las Vegas airport. And I'm about an hour and a half, two hours off of getting on a plane. And there's one sitting there. And I am, I mean, when I go to Vegas, Tony, I go to Vegas. Yeah, you, you, and it, this was for a conference. They do a, a libertarian conference every year out there. So when I go to a conference in Vegas, it's really. Right. Uh, I, I've got some stories that I won't tell you on the air. Uh but um, I was like, well, I got to try this. It was only 20 bucks. It's like, oh, I'll blow $20 in a, a slot machine. Maybe this will make me feel better. Maybe, you know, it says right there, oh, it'll help you with your hangover. Sure. You know how it helped me with my hangover? How? It prevented me from buying more alcohol. It took $20 <laughs> out of my wallet. How so how much air did you get? Half an hour. I don't know how much it was. So basically you paid $20 to breathe? I paid $20 to look like a douchebag with it, the, the thing in my nose in the middle of the air. differently? No, not really. I, you know, you I was more alert. You weren't no. feeling good. You weren't relaxed. No. You weren't... 
Maybe I was too far gone, Tony. Who knows? Maybe I was just too hungover, and there was no, didn't matter how much oxygen they pumped in me, it no. wouldn't have made a difference. But it, 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 it felt, after I was done, I felt like I had been scammed. I've, I've been in Vegas with you for different conferences a, a couple times, uh, but I've never done Vegas with you. I don't, I don't get it. I can't imagine being up till 5.30 in the morning, it's playing it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Getting misty just thinking about it. Why aren't we doing this from the Four Queens right now? Where's the Four Queens? It's downtown Vegas. It's on Fremont Street. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, you don't you don't go, you don't gamble on the Strip. It's like the Nugget. Wait, or, what, the Golden Nugget. What's the other one down? Uh, Binions. Binions Horseshoe. Binions Horseshoe is, is is over there. You were you were saying earlier, you you wanted. We need to bring this to a casino. Absolutely. So in Indiana, where we broadcast from, Indianapolis, Indiana, we're here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis. You can also find Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com. You can find them in Houston, in Nashville, and in Pittsburgh. Um, so here there are a couple casinos, and there's a, a really good one down in a place called French Lick. And French Lick is not just on Urban Dictionary. It's a town most famous for being the birthplace of Larry Bird. Uh, so there's a gorgeous hotel. Old school, it is spectacular. You've been there? I, I yes, walked through it. Didn't stay. Uh, Baden Springs, um, which and cool grounds. It's a very. It's it's all in the round. It's yeah. really, really cool. I can't tell you the rooms. I can only tell you the, the lobby and the outdoor areas. The walking around areas is great. I've never been to the casino, which is not too far away, uh, down there in French Lick. But like, what what is it? You go the the Fingers Malloy Vegas trip. Let's say you've got a weekend in Vegas. Uh-huh. How does that play out? Well, you, first you of all, you arrive on a Friday. Yeah, uh, you, you arrive on a Friday. It doesn't matter what day. Every day is Friday in Vegas. But the, f- the funny thing is, when you, if you're in a terminal, the, the vibe of people walking off a plane coming onto Vegas or stepping foot in Vegas versus the people who are boarding to leave Vegas. It's amazing. The extra spring in everyone's step. <laughs> Everybody's happy to be there. And then you're leaving and you're a dumb schmuck paying $20 at an oxygen bar hoping it'll make you feel better. But, no, you get there. The first thing you do is you, you, you check into your hotel. You do the $20 trick. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your $20 trick? The $20 trick. You uh, walk up to the front desk clerk. And uh, the, the, the desk clerk says, hi, how are you? Do you have a reservation? Yes. And then uh, they say, may I have your driver's license and credit card? Right. And then you slip a 20 in between the two of them. And you say, oh, yes, here it is. And by the way, do you have any free upgrades available? And they see the 20. They grab the 20. They put it up for where the camera can see it. And then they start typing. And they start typing. And they start typing. Then they walk away. I got to talk to a manager really quick. And then it's, oh, Mr. Malloy, as a matter of fact, we do have a free upgrade for you. I hope you enjoy yourself and bring your camera. I did this for uh, Freedom Fest three years ago. I had a regular room at... Which is a libertarian conference. Yeah, it's a libertarian conference in Las Vegas. They have it every year in July. I had a room um, at uh, Planet Hollywood, a regular room for $59 a night. I went up to my room. I had an executive suite with French doors. I opened it up. There was a hot tub in the middle of the room with a full living room with a big screen TV, another setting room, a wet bar, um, and then another uh, room where my bedroom was, and then another room where the bathroom was. There were two bathrooms in this suite, and I paid a $20 tip and $59 a night to stay there. The twenty dollar trick. Wait, it's did worked you for ask me for every free time. upgrades, or do you have, do you have any upgrades? Do you have any free upgrades available? 
Just like that. Yeah, there's a Hold web. There, Let's hear it again. Do you have any free upgrades available? All right, that's how you got to There's an people. actual website that tracks us, and people can will tell you their success stories or their failure rate. In some hotels, the success rate is higher than others. All right, so I'm heading out to New York tomorrow. Should I try this? If you got twenty dollars burning a hole in your pocket, give it a try. Would twenty dollars really do it in New York? Maybe or would not. It be a fifty. A fifty, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but what is the free upgrade? See, but see. It's more of a Vegas it thing. It is more of a Vegas thing? Okay. Yeah. So you've done the Vegas trick. Okay. I, I don't want to get And side-tracked. then you check in, and then you dump your bags, and then you immediately go down to the casino floor. Now, you're somebody who brings on a plane. You bring your own alcohol, correct? It, in a conference situation like that, where I know I'm hanging out with other people, yes, I, I, I will bring my own alcohol. And you pack it in your luggage, and there's no problem? No problem at all. Now, I make sure. Now, look, I'm not bringing expensive stuff. I'm bringing the cheap stuff, because, you know, they go through your luggage, and it mm-hmm. is legal to... to, to Check uh, alcohol in your bag. Yes, but you got to trust that the person going through your luggage doesn't take. You know, so you, you don't you don't want to put a high price bottle of liquor in your in your bottle. But your if bag. you are going to travel with liquor, it has to be Backbone Bourbon. BackboneBourbon.com, sponsor of this podcast. Bourbon, uh, you do the prime and the uncut. It's high proof, but man, is it good! Then you've got the X Ray uh, and and the Bone Snapper Rye. You've got the uh, the. Uh, the bone dry gin, which is really terrific. Oh, it's so good. Backbone bourbon. It's meant for sipping and relaxing and hanging out with friends in a place like Vegas when you want to just, you know, have a cocktail and then you're going to take just a quick break from the gambling and then get back uh, to it. Backbonebourbon.com. It's meant for relaxing. It's meant for enjoying with friends. It's meant for just taking a step back and having yourself just a bit of a kind of kind of introspection, a little retrospective of the day, of the week, of the month. And enjoying yourself and treating yourself well, BackboneBourbon.com. So you, so you you get into your executive suite, uh-huh. and, and you've unloaded the, the, the suitcase. you got the Backbone Bourbon all set right. up, ready to go. What happens next? Then you Fingers. go down and start gambling. Where? Uh, either, What's first? Well, I like to play a little blackjack, but I try to find a table where there's nobody there because I just want to enjoy myself. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm going there for the experience. I'm not going there thinking I'm going to win $5,000 while I'm right. here. Play a little blackjack. So you go with a budget, and you're like, if I lose yes. it, I don't care. I how, mu- how much is that for you? $250 a day. I'm not a high roller. $250 a day? Yeah. So you're, 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 you've are you're gone to just simply blow 1000 bucks. Yeah. Okay. And what what I'll do is I'll play a little blackjack, and then once I've had a couple of drinks, I'll go to play video poker. And most of the places where I play video poker, it's usually I play a dollar twenty five a hand, and it's five coins in, and usually five coins out. You get jacks or better, you get five coins back. So you sit there and you play video poker, and then a lovely cocktail waitress will come by and give you a free drink, as long as you're playing. How old do you think that cocktail waitress is? Depends on where you go. <laughs> if you go to the strip, you are seeing younger girls that have had the surgery who are probably looking for a whale to sweep her off her feet and, you know... Take go, her away from this yeah, life. Right. If you go to Fremont Street or some of the locals' places, that's where cocktail waitresses go to die. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I, I don't care about that. Just give me the free drink. And so, I'll drink and drink and drink and, and play my poker, and then at 3 or 4 in the morning, it's probably time to call it a night. I'll go back uh, to the room, sleep for a few hours, get up, Lather, rinse, repeat. Do it all over again. And I so, do that for two or three days. When you do this, you're, of course, like accumulating the points. You got the card. Absolutely. And so that whole thing works. It used to be a lot better. I would I would go to a Fremont Street hotel. Uh, I would stay at the Fremont. 
uh, which is right across from the Golden Nugget. But I've stayed at the Fremont, the Golden Nugget. Um, those are my two go-tos uh, on Fremont Street. And it used to be, until the Great Recession, you could play five coins in, five coins out, not you know win a whole hell of a lot, not win a whole hell of a lot, not lose. But you just just sustain Fine. yourself throughout the whole day. You get free drinks. You'd go up to the casino host, uh, give the uh, players club card that you have there. You get a steak dinner for free. And then when you go to check out, chances are your rooms would be free. So there, there have been so many times when I'd go there, break even, or be a little ahead, be a little behind, not pay for a drink, not pay for a meal, and not pay for my hotel room. Okay. All right, we're going to have to do this once. It's a fantastic vacation. But I don't. here's the deal. I don't, I don't see you... <laughs> hey, I don't, I, I don't see you gambling. Uh, my problem is if I... So my, my first problem with gambling, I have no gambling problem. And part of the reason is is because I think I'm a guy who would like it too much. I've always felt that way about myself. And I kind of stay away from it. Like, if there are friends playing craps, I'll be like, okay, what do I do? Okay, and then I'll put the chips down, and then they have all these chips, and I'm out, right? And then I'm annoyed. Yeah. I'm annoyed. I'm like, I don't want to be annoyed. If I'm going to spend $250 a day, it, it's got to be on something. Yeah. There's got to be some tangible return. I don't. But you're not you're not the type of person. I, listen, I would love to show you Vegas the way I do it. I, I, I would but, do it just to experience it. But at this age, I think I'd die. But but I look at you, and you're still alive. So I figure, what the hell? Right? It I, can't be that. Tony, bad. I'll, I'll drink fifteen or sixteen drinks in in when it, when it's all said and done. What? Oh yeah, Tony. I'm starting early in the early in the day and going until three four o'clock. It may be more than that throughout the whole day. I am, I am staring at you flummoxed. Ja- and it, it, listen, I'm, I'm what not... What are you drinking? I don't you, drink what I would drink here because that would kill me. I, I'm not what drinking... Drink there? I, you, what are you drinking there? Are you drinking a Bay I would drink like a Jack and Coke. You know, I'm, I'm drinking Jack and Cokes, whiskey and Coke. It's, it's got to be a little bit watered down. It can't be, give me a Jack on the rock. But you can order whatever you want, Tony, as long as you're gambling. Right. So they could, they if you got... If they're they not, got Woodford Reserve, they'll give you a, a Woodford Reserve on the really? rocks. Really? Absolutely. As long as you're gambling. Really? But if you're not gambling, you're not getting anything. And they are strict about it. You've got to be gambling. You can't just sit. I remember sitting at the bar at a conference at uh, right online, and um, I, it was winding down towards the end of the night, and I got a drink, and then I was just playing Kino, 50-cent Kino. And the guy looked at me, and he said, hey, listen, you got to be playing these 75 cents to get a drink. Oh, someone did come up to you. Someone did come up to me at the bar and said, "They're like the cameras are seeing you. You're only paying 50-cent Kino. you gotta, you got to up your bet if you want free drinks. So I was like, okay, no problem. 75 cents, boom, gave me another drink. So they, they oh, the cameras are everywhere right. watching everything you do. So, but as long as you're gambling. So, so, so then, so that's, that's the day you got in. And then you, you sleep for a few hours, you get do the up. same thing over do you, again. Do you have any breakfast? Uh, oh, yeah. And that's the other thing, too. You'll eat in the morning, and then you start, you lose all, you lose all track of time, and you're not hungry. Because you're moving around, you, it's it, a weight loss plan. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you, 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 you how's you, that working for you? Uh, well, I haven't been to Vegas in a while. I'd be, uh, I'd have ripped abs right now if I just came back from Vegas. Uh, but you, you, you're on the go. You, you know how it is. It's like a conference in a way. You know, if you go to a CPAC and you may catch yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, I've been working. And I've been CPAC, seeing other by the people. way, is the Conservative Political Action Conference. You're but right. it could be any conference. People go to conferences for all sorts of things, medical conferences and this, that, and the other, right? Yeah, you may get up in the morning, you may grab a bagel or something, and then you'll work, and then it'll be 5 o'clock, and you realize, man, I've been working, I've been seeing friends, and I haven't had anything to eat all day. And then you'll finally go get something to eat. That's the way it is in Vegas. 
Except you've already got nine drinks in you by then. So you, let's say, are you back gambling at like 11 a.m.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Till when? Sometimes I've, till the sun comes up, 6 o'clock in the morning, 6.30. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know how, if there's such an energy and vibe around you and it's so fun. And plus, if you're the type of person where you're only going once a year or twice a year, it's like, why am I going to spend 12 hours in my hotel room? I, I got to go out. I got to experience it. And Vegas, like on Fremont Street, they have this five block long canopy of lights. They have light shows. Everything, the lights are flashing everywhere. There are younger people, but there are older people there too. And everybody's getting along for the most part. I've never felt like I was in danger anywhere. You know, it's safe. And have you ever puked on the plane ride home? No. I'm a professional, Tony. <laughs> I did wake up one time. Uh, <laughs> he made himself laugh. He just realized he shouldn't tell this story. Yeah, I'm not going to tell that story. <laughs> Fanimation, our other great sponsor, Fanimation.com. Ceiling fans for your home, for really anywhere. All the fans at Blend Bar Cigar, no matter where you are across the country, they are Fanimation.com fans. Custom designed as you want them to. Whisper quiet. You want LED lighting? It's there. And these motors... They're going to last and last and last. You're talking about making your, your house look great, indoor or outdoor. You want to really tie a room together. You want it to look complete. That's Fanimation. Fanimation.com is where you go for ceiling fans that you are going to love. That is going to make your house look good and feel great. Reduce some energy bills while you're at it. Just put the fan on. Next thing you know, whole family feels great and comfortable and happy, and nobody hears a thing. You can be watching the movie, or you can be doing whatever it is you're doing and not be bothered. Fanimation. Fanimation.com. All your time in Vegas. They've offered you oxygen. They've offered you alcohol. Anybody ever offer you plasma? No. Has any has anybody ever offered you a good time? Oh, yeah. That's happened. Oh, absolutely. They stop you. When you're walking down the strip... You know what I mean by a good time, right? Yeah. Uh, th- there are people on the strip that will try to get you places. I was at uh, the Rio, and I sat, and I didn't realize it. Naive. I went to the Rio Bar. Well, Rio is a very nice casino, owned, I believe, still by Harris. It's off the strip. Off the strip. It's across from the Palms, but it's it's a very popular place. And of course, it's all Carnival and all that stuff. They have shows, and um, I, I go to the middle hotel bar, and there's a string of some of the most beautiful women you've ever seen. And uh, I there's a I want a drink, and I want to play a little poker. Sit down. There's a beautiful woman sitting right next to me, and she turns to me and says, uh, "Hey." Uh, Wow, you've got a lot of slot club cards there. You must come to Vegas a lot. And I said, well, yeah. I come here about twice a year. This was 10 years ago. She said, oh, that's that's interesting. She goes, you here on business or are you here on pleasure? I said, no, I'm here with some friends, you know, just seeing the city, getting the whole Vegas Seeing the city, you never yeah. left 16 yeah, right. hours and 18 <laughs> drinks later. And so well, actually, more than that at 16 hours. So then she says, uh, want a little companionship? And I'm like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I just, I, I didn't know. I just came up here for a drink and some poker. She's okay. And so she sits there for another couple of minutes, and then she's getting up to leave. And I said, I, I, I grabbed her by the arm. I said, sweetheart. You called her sweetheart? Yes, I said, sweetheart. Oh, my God. Said, How old are you? I, I, said, I said, sweetheart, I didn't know. I, I, I said, I'm cashing out, and I'll get out of your way. And she said, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. She, that apparently was... <laughs> The, the place to sit if you were oh. so then I was with my cousin Thomas LeDuc who I used to do a show with and so I told him what happened and he said 
Same thing happened to me on the other side of the bar. It was a woman that looked like she was a skater, like she had the skate gear on and everything. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, for, she, she, she just came out and said, you know, for $250, you could have a really good time right now. And he goes, I have $250 and I'm having a really good time right now. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So we sat, and then it was like entertainment. So I, I got away from See, the bar. that I would do. Yeah. That I would watch all day. I got away from the, the bar, but I sat at a machine about 20 feet away, and I watched. And there was one woman. I sat there for three hours playing video poker at this machine. A woman went up to a room with three different men within three hours. Oh. And oh. came right back down. She went up with a guy, and then she came back down alone and sat right back at the bar again. And I was like, oh, good God. I, I hope he had four condoms on. Gross. <laughs> That's Vegas. That's Vegas. <laughs> That's Vegas. Check out Fingers Malloy Travel at fingersmalloy.com. You asked. <laughs> but but so, so, so gambling, yes. Hookers, no. Oh, plasma, God, no. never. God no on hookers, uh, no on... Uh, look at... I mean, how, would you consider this... Let me ask you this. Would you consider this if it weren't $8,000? Say if it were $200 and it was in Indiana and they said, listen, uh, for for 200 bucks you can get a transfusion of a 16-year-old's blood. No, it, it, it freaks me out. It freaks me out. I don't know if I'm actually opposed to it more than I'm just freaked out about it. Then again, I have no issues with getting older. None. It do, none of it bothers me. Oh, it doesn't depress you at all? No. 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 Zero. Absolutely zero. And I listen, I've had weird things happen, and, and you, you, you get... I'm an Xer, right? I'm Gen X, like you. Mm-hmm. You get a little older. Things don't work the way they, they, they used to, and my answer is like, oh, all right. Fine. That's, that's the way it is. Uh, I, I, it's not that I'm... I, I don't try and fight age, Right, I don't worry about when my hair turns gray. When your hair turns gray, I'm gonna be hot as hell. If I went bald, I'd be sexy like a mother. Like, Pe- no- people have asked me, Tony, if you color the hair. No. Yes, I've had people ask me. No, they do not. Hold on. People have asked you if I color my hair. Yep. Wow, that's some jealousy, man. <laughs> Damn, they, they were they were female. They, they, uh, sh- Still, some jealousy. That's not something guys talk about. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> I do not. I do not color my hair. This is n- honestly, uh, my my wife has some gray, and I've told her, "Don't you dare! Do not. If it makes you feel better, color it. Don't you dare." And the only rule is you're you're not. There are no facelifts allowed. I have no problem with plastic surgery whatsoever. I am an absolute proponent of it, really and truly. Uh, there are reasons for it. Um, Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's the face I want to look at right there. That's my face. I, I paid good money for that face. <laughs> <laughs> that's my face. Don't mess with that. Uh, no, but uh, no, no. Gray, bald. None, none, none of that. You know what's really funny? Of yet. The, graying, the, the gray hair on me, that didn't depress me. Although I do have a little cart, Robert Kardashian st- skunk streak that I used yeah, to make fun of. Very Tulsi uh, Gabbard. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that didn't depress me. When the beard went. That's where it was like, oh man, it's it, my Your my beard is a little gray. My beard is white. I, it, I, but I have some of that. But mine's white. Here. And then, the, unfortunately, when I when I cut my hair short, the little area that's white, the skunk streak, it looks like I'm balding there, and I'm not. This is just all Let's white. See, oh, move uh, your hand. Move your hand. It's just all white hair. Oh, it does look like you're balding. You look yeah. terrible, right? That's Throw why I'm getting 
some uh, youth blood. Uh, eight grand. <laughs> I'm going to start Wait, a GoFundMe. Does this the youth? <laughs> if you start a GoFundMe for this, <laughs> you have to let us video every part. Are you kidding? Wait, do, does the does does the ambrosia work for hair? It doesn't say hair. It says skin quality, but it doesn't say anything about hair. My skin has gone to crap as I've gotten older. Really? Yeah. Still smooth as a baby's ass, man. Look at you. Uh, what can well, I say? You, you, you live a little cleaner than I do, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe my, my steady street of diet of Mrs. Freshly's has somehow impacted my skin quality. <laughs> Convenience store <laughs> uh, lunches and 18 hours, 20, 18, 20 hours a day in Vegas. Well, I don't do that as much as I used to, unfortunately. But a Vegas trip has to happen next year. Vegas trip has to happen. That's Fingers Malloy. Find him at fingersmalloy.com. If you subscribe to the podcast, by the way, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, five-star review, write a review, Eat, Drink, Smoke, subscribe. Do that immediately. Subscribe to the podcast at Eat, Drink, Smoke, Apple Podcasts. It's Google Play. It's Stitcher. Find it and listen and subscribe. And if you want to know what we're drinking and smoking today, well, you got to subscribe to the podcast to find that out. One more thing about Vegas, Tony. You could smoke a cigar anywhere you want. Wait. This I know. This is the only reason to go. This is absolutely positively the only reason to go. I could, all right. I don't know if I could keep up with you, but I, we, we will do, we will plan a casino thing and we'll let people know. Yeah. And we'll let people that'd be know. fun. We'll do that. See, so you follow fingers at fingersmoy.com. Follow me, tonycats.com. Twitter, uh, Instagram, Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio is where you find really so much of uh, the stuff. Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana. They're fantastic. Fanimation.com and BackboneBourbon.com. Great sponsors. And when they sponsor podcasts, you got to make sure you're taking care of the sponsors. Go check these people out and tell them how much you appreciate them sponsoring content. Like, that's the only way we get to keep doing the podcast and keep growing things out. Uh, and again, subscribe. Apple Podcasts. It's just that easy. Eat, drink, smoke on Apple Podcasts. Tony Katz, Fingers and Loy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs>